You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The verdict is in. Alex Murdoch has been found guilty on all counts. That's two counts of murders as well as weapons charges. The verdict watch is over. Finally, an end to a saga that started many, many months ago when the bodies of Maggie and Paul Murdoch were found dead and bloodied, riddled with bullets at the kennel of their hunting lodge known as Moselle. So let's hear what the judge has to say. I understand that there is a verdict. You may bring the jury. Thank you. Uh, Madam Forlady, if you'll stand for me. Uh, have you reached a verdict? Yes, yes, sir, we have. Is it unanimous? Yes, sir, it is. All right, if you will pass it up to the clerk who will pass it to me. And you may be seated. The defendant will rise. Docket number 2022-GS-15-00592, the state of South Carolina, County of Colleton, in the Court of General Sessions, in the term of 2022, July, the state versus Richard Alexander Murdoch defendant, indictment for murder, SC code 16-3-0010, CDR, Code 0116. Okay. Guilty verdict. Signed by the four lady 3223. Docket number 2022 GS 15 The State of South Carolina, County of Colleton, in the Court of General Sessions the July term of 2022. The state versus Richard Alexander Murdoch, defendant. Indictment for murder, SC code 16-3-0010, CDR code 0116. Verdict, guilty, signed by the four lady. Date 3-2 of 23. Docket number 2022-GS15-00595, the state of South Carolina, County of Colleton, Court of General Sessions, July term 2022. The state versus Richard Alexander Murdoch, defendant. 
indictment for possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. SC Code 16-23-0490, CDR Code 0549, verdict guilty, signed by the foreperson of the jury, date 3223. Docket number 2022 GS-15-00594, the State of South Carolina, County of Colleton, Court of General Sessions, July term 2022. The State versus Richard Alexander Murdoch, defendant. Indictment for possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. SC Code 16-23-0490. CDR Code 0549. Verdict guilty. Signed by the foreperson of the jury, 3223. Alex Murdoch is the one who called 911. At this hour, there are police officers and sheriffs circling the courthouse around me with their blue lights on. The lawn is crowded with spectators, with news people, with people from the community, people that have driven from states far away, as far away I know as Ohio to here in South Carolina for the Murdoch trial. Why, why has everyone been so intrigued with whether or not Alex Murdoch did it? I'll tell you why. Because it's as if the mind is tricking the eye. You see a beautiful, seemingly happy family, a wealthy, educated, seemingly um, adjusted in their society, happy with each other, how can it be that double murder has occurred within that family? And for that outward picture, many people believed Alex Murdoch was innocent. But one layer after the next, after the next, after the next, proved Alex Murdoch is guilty of a crime that is practically unthinkable. A man with so much, the legal heir in Colleton County, millions of dollars, three homes, a beautiful wife, two sons to follow in his footsteps if they wish. Why? That was the question that plagued this jury. But in a very quick turnaround, this jury has handed down a verdict guilty on all counts, read out by the court clerk, Miss Becky, straight out to Cheryl McCollum, who has been watching the trial from the very beginning, forensic expert and founder of the Cold Case Research Institute. Are you surprised? Because Alex Murnock did not look surprised. I am right with him. I wasn't surprised at all. I even said the jury would crack in three hours. This is the right call. Justice has been served. You know, as we were looking out over the jury over and over and over, watching their every move, their facial expressions, Kelly, they never gave it away. Not once. Not once. In fact, uh, many court spectators were torn as to whether this jury would ever reach a verdict. I think I've got Kelly skiing with me. When you get her back on our satellite, let me know. To you, Del Carson, what do you make of it? evidence on controvertible evidence he was the only person there and i you know when i watched the testimony of the woman who was taking care of the the dying mother 
his mother. I watched him and you could see just the constant sort of deflection he was scratching his face when when the defense the prosecutor was bringing up the fact that the caregiver was crying on the stand because it was a good family and she didn't want to tell the truth about him asking for the additional 40 minutes or 20 minutes to help shore up his alibi when when you watched Murdoch you could see the stress bleeding out of his face because he knew that was the last person who should have believed him and clearly did not believe him and had to tell the truth. And it was fascinating for me to watch that. And it clear to me, and as Cheryl McCullum will say, you know, it's what he didn't do. So at the very beginning when SLED showed up on the scene, and he's not saying to them, why aren't you all out looking for the people who did this horrible deed? Those kinds of things are an indication that he knew there wasn't anybody else out there because he knew right. who the shooter was, it was him. With me, Dr. Michelle Dupree, uh, medical examiner, pathologist, detective, and author. Dr. Dupree, question to you, this is your jurisdiction. <laughs> What do you make of the medical examiner on the stand? She was under attack, Dr. Reamer, but she withstood a very intense cross-examination. And that jury was sitting on the edge of their seats throughout her testimony. I can't help but believe her testimony, testimony along with the forensic technology was the straw that broke the camel's back for the defense. Nancy, I totally agree with you. She was amazing. She stood there and she took it. She she got a little bit um, unearthed there at a moment, but she was actually being attacked, you're right. And she stood her ground. She said, I am the one that did the autopsy. I know what I saw. And I think that made an impact. I'm, I have to admit, I'm a little bit surprised in this jurisdiction that it was not a hung jury. Why do you say that? Because my family is sexy. I still have a lot of friends in the community you know the evidence to me was absolutely overwhelming but all it takes as you know is one juror and i'm i am just relieved you know, actually you know the final closing argument by the state was made by matters christine i want to play our cut three this is a very moving last argument a hail mary by the state this is just before the jury goes out to begin their deliberations. Listen. You know, it's something else I don't understand. Your wife and your son have just been killed. And you're worried about having a lawyer around? And I said, well, you know, just sled agents. We need to have a lawyer around. Really? My wife and son have just been butchered, and I'm worried about having a lawyer? But the alibis that he's created that he's doing and he says i went and ran i got on my knees over here went and ran and i tried to take the pulse of paul i'd still be on the ground i'll get myself and i i tried to turn him over i kept trying to check his pulse really i went to maggie checked her pulse and you can't do that in 20 seconds
1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. something else I don't understand. Your wife and your son have just been killed and you're worried about having a lawyer around? And I said, well, you know, just sled agents. We need to have a lawyer around. Really? My wife and son have just been butchered and I'm worried about having a lawyer? But the alibis that he's created, that he's doing, he says, I went and ran. I got on my knees over here. Went and ran and I tried to take the pulse of Paul. I'd still be on the ground, I'll get myself. And I, I tried to turn him over. I kept trying to check his pulse. Really? I went to Maggie, checked her pulse. And you can't do that in 20 seconds. Guys, you are hearing Attorney Metters as he is making that final plea to the jury. And when he was doing that, I think I've got Kelly Skeen back up, Fox News uh, senior producer. When he was making that argument, Kelly, you could have heard a pin drop in the courtroom. And those are some of the last words from either side the jury heard. After that, all they heard was the judge's charges and they began deliberations, Kelly. Yeah, Nancy, and we heard in closing arguments today from the prosecution, the directions to the jury was use common sense. This isn't complicated. There is one person that lied about not being at the murder scene. There, It was family weapons. There was gunshot residue. The facts don't lie here. And ultimately, the jury did find Alec Murdoch guilty. And from what I saw, he did not show much emotion when those charges were read. Guys, you're seeing behind Kelly what's happening at the courthouse right now. The defense team is just coming out of the courthouse. People are chasing them down, trying to speak to them. Um, so far, what we know is they are not giving any interviews. They're continuing on their way. They're trying to get the family out of the courthouse. But, uh, Christine, if you could play back, Lauren, if you could play back what we were seeing when the verdict went down and when they were taking Alex Murdoch out of the courtroom. For those of you just joining us, the verdict has been handed down by a Colleton County jury. Alex Murdoch guilty on all counts. He didn't seem surprised. No one in the courtroom seemed surprised. And the only really heartbreaking moment of any of this is right 
when you see Alex Murdoch walking out and his son, his only surviving son, is looking after him, looking after his father as he leaves the courtroom. Sentencing set for tomorrow morning. Cheryl McCollum, uh, the judge, of course, there's Buster who broke down in tears in the courtroom. Cheryl McCollum, the judge's hands are tied somewhat. He's facing 30 to life without parole behind bars, plus the two gun charges, and he is yet to answer up for all the financial crimes. Correct. Nancy, he will probably most likely get the 30 years life, you know, without parole. He's not going anywhere just on these crimes, much less the financial crimes. But I think everybody right now is focused on Buster. He has essentially lost every member of his immediate family. And, you know, that's one of those things, this ripple effect people talk about with homicide. It affects the family, the friends, the neighbors, co-workers. You know, this thing has really, truly ripped through this whole community. Everybody in some way is tied to this family. They either worked with them, had a legal deal with them, went to school with one of them, was friends with them. I mean, it's just really a sad, sad day. But again, justice was served. It's the right call. I kept looking, Cheryl, to see if Murdoch would look back at Buster when he left the courtroom because Buster's eyes never left his father not once but i guess murdoch is so ashamed uh, of what has happened that he didn't look back at his son you know i was looking at them in the courtroom kelly skin i was sitting directly behind buster so i could look across the aisle at the each witness on the stand and i could see buster and murdoch really just a few pews apart from each other and they are so alike. Buster's hair is this vibrant red. And you see Murdoch, and you know he's going back to law school, we hear. And you see Murdoch, his father, just a few feet away, with the same red hair, but now dulled and going gray. Just a little bit of the red shining through. Both of them tall. Both of them dressed to the hilt in designer suits. They look so much alike. And now, Kelly, Buster is left with nobody. No mom, no brother, his father behind bars. You're right. Yeah, Nancy, we, we've heard a lot about Buster throughout this trial, mainly that he allegedly plagiarized and got kicked out of law school and his dad tried to pay to get him back in. But at the end of the day, Buster is a victim in all of this too. He lost his mom, he lost his brother, and now he's lost his father and he has left with basically the rest of his family to prop him up. And really now the fact that he has lost his father is at the hands of his own father. So his father destroyed Buster's life and his own. You know, Cheryl McCollum, there really seems to be right now no one representing Maggie and Paul. Right now, I'm sure Buster Murdoch is so distraught over losing his father. Um, I, I don't know if he can even consider who should be speaking up for Maggie and Paul right now. Because as I watch the courtroom, normally I would have the victim's family seated right behind me. 
uh, prosecuting cases. But that wasn't true in this case. I don't believe we ever saw Maggie Murdoch's family in the courtroom. You know, Nancy, I think that's another reason you are so important and people like you. You have been speaking for Maggie and Paul from day one. And there's a lot of other people on that lawn that do the night that are doing the same thing. And I think that's what's critical here. They have a voice. They will continue to have a voice because they have advocates all over. And you, again, have been paramount with that fight. And I appreciate it. You know, Dr. Michelle Dupree joining us, who is joining us from here in South Carolina, medical examiner, pathologist, former detective, and author. Dr. Michelle Dupree, very often family members do not look at crime scene photos or autopsy photos because that's not the image they want in their minds the rest of their lives. Buster Murdoch has had to sit through this trial I know he's seen the evidence, and now he's going home to a home tonight with no mom, no dad, no brother, and no hope of ever getting them back. That's right, Nancy, and we actually, you know, encourage the family not to look at things like that because that's not the last memory you want of your loved one. Um, I feel for Buster, I really do. And as far as who's standing up for Maggie and Paul, you have. And I think our justice system did today as well. And the jury did. Guys, in that courtroom, it was totally quiet. I noticed no one was even moving when the verdict was announced. Complete quiet. We now know we will be back at the courthouse tomorrow morning at 9.30. You know, many people had thought there would be a mandatory sentences. What do you expect the sentence to be, Dale? The maximum. And I can tell you that ordinarily it's a, there's a period of time after the conviction where probation and a number of agencies will report, give the court a history of the individual. But this is rather unusual because we've had 28 days or less of testimony that revealed who this individual is. So the judge knows who he is, may have known him for some time. And so the result is, and I was surprised by this, that the court is willing tomorrow morning to impose sentencing. So right now, although the jury has come back, you realize that he's not convicted until the judge makes him convicted and sentences him to whatever term he's going to choose for the individual. And of course, there'll be other potential trials or settlements with his law firm for the money that was misappropriated and stolen by Murdoch and, and taken from our client, existing clients from the law firm. So right. none of this is over yet. Guys, um, speaking of all of the possibilities that the jury was looking at, I want you to hear our cut four. This is the final argument to the jury before they reached their verdict. Take a listen. You know when the first time he called Buster? About 40 minutes. Well, actually, he texted him, didn't even call him. Wasn't his first thought. Wasn't the thing after he did 911. It was later. Oh, don't call. No, right off the bat, this happened. Call my son. Call him. Buster, stay where you are. You with your girlfriend? Up there in North Charlotte? Go, go, go. We got some people after us. That's what's real. 
Don't you? You go to the police station right there. And what else do you do, too? You don't talk about being real. What do you do? Y'all, I just left my mama. She's with Shelly. Get somebody over there. These people are out here to kill us. Get them over there. Go, please, take them right now. They're by themselves. I can't do that. That's why I took the guns. I can't tell them that. And he brings up the boat case right away. And right then, he's using it to throw off. For those of you just joining us, the jury has handed down a verdict. Guilty on all counts. That includes two counts of murder and gun charges. A lady foreperson handed over the verdicts, the written verdicts, to the clerk. The clerk then handed it to the judge. Judge Newman read each page carefully and then had the clerk of the court publish the jury in open court, having the defendant stand to hear the verdict. As Alex Murdoch stood there in the courtroom, he showed no emotion whatsoever, no surprise, no shock, nothing. He stood there and listened, not even a tremor of disappointment crossing his face. It's as if he expected a guilty verdict. Likewise, his lawyers showed no emotion whatsoever, neither did the state. Now, the courtroom was completely quiet. The judge had already admonished the courtroom when they had made noises in the past during the trial. Not a word. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.